Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast, personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, and thank you so much for listening in or watching the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Our guest today is Coach Chris. He is an owner of a consulting firm and also an author. I'm going to show off your book right from the get-go, Chris, The Red Chair Experience. So, Chris, why don't you just start off with telling our audience a little bit about who Coach Chris is? Sure. Well, thank you for having me, first of all, Cheryl. I really thank appreciate you for it. being and, here. Yeah. And so I am a, uh, I have been in sales for over 30 years and I started my own business about two years ago. I got the opportunity to start Coach Chris Consulting and I help out the HVAC, plumbing, electrical, kind of the home services industries because I've been in that industry for over 18 years. And so I know a lot about the sales, about running the companies. I've run heating and air conditioning companies as well. And so it just made natural sense for me to move into that direction and work with those people. And then um, I got the opportunity to write a book, as you just held up. It, it just came <laughs> out this year and uh, just finished the audio version. So it will be out and available very, very soon. So serial entrepreneur. <laughs> no, not really. No, no, no. This is my first go at it. I've been in corporate forever. And it was kind of funny. I, I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking about my my history. And I remember interviewing when I was in my 20s with a company. And I mentioned that both my parents were entrepreneurs and they owned their own companies. And the guy looks at me and he goes, so what makes me think that you're not going to go and start your own business? And I went, no, I have no desire to do that right? Fast right. forward 30 years and here we are starting my own business. Well, we talk about this all the time with, with guests on the podcast. Like it's all about time and place. So right. coming from a, a family of entrepreneurs, I, I'm going to guess you always had that in your mind that maybe that's a possibility, but at 20 years old, you're not ready to do that. Well, I mean, you find some teenagers now that are that are entrepreneurs, right? Solopreneurs, and they're doing an amazing job. Of course, they have access to a lot more stuff than when you and I were kids. Right. When you and I were in our 20s. But no, at 20 years old, I had no desire to own my own company. I watched my dad struggle, right, to own his own company. And when we grew up living in the house with, with him, it was just me and my two brothers and my dad. And I saw the struggles. I saw the the hardship that he dealt with from time to time and and he wasn't a great businessman per se, but he knew landscaping and he could do it incredibly well and design and all that other stuff, but the business end kind of escaped him. And so, you know, that kind of shaped who I wanted to be. I wanted to be this guy in corporate world. I was good with that and always had that kind of a vision that I would be in the corporate world and kind of stay around that forever. Right. And I can imagine, you know, when your dad was, you know, in business and, and working in the business, there weren't coaches like you available to business owners like there are today. So, and I say this all the time too, entrepreneurs go into business to do what they're good at. All the other stuff right. still needs to be taken care of. And we're not necessarily all equipped to do all that. Like I'm not equipped to do marketing. And that's why Stephanie right. was part of the organization, you know, and back then I, there was even less guidance and structure and availability of right. people to help you in your business. 
Right. And I'm sure that they were available, right? I'm sure that somebody was around, but to your point, right now we have this ability to see and find people that are around the corner or across the globe, right? I mean, I'm meeting with people regularly, weekly that are around the globe. And that to me just is fascinating, right? That we have this ability now to do that. And like you said, 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't an option. That, right. that really wasn't the, I mean, you had phones and, but you didn't have cell phones, right? You had. And you didn't have internet. You no. couldn't just, how do, how do I post <laughs> right. a, a video on LinkedIn, right? Like that wasn't available right. then. LinkedIn wasn't a thing then. So it was a, right. an entirely different environment. Right. Yeah. And, and so for me growing up in that environment, you're right. It, it wasn't, I saw it and, and I don't know that he had people around him that were encouraging him or developing him right now. We talk about masterminds and, and they've been around forever, right? But now we have more access to things like that, right? We can have cohorts where people can come together from in the city or wherever you are regionally around the globe, really to help each other out and to borrow resources and to pick their brains, right? And to understand more about who they are and how they tick. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, I, I agree. And people are so willing to reach out and help and guide. And for me, to mentor is you know a big part of what I do. I love being a resource for people and just have those conversations that need to be had. Yeah, and that's what I really love about what I do is I get to help people, right? My why is I'm inspired to help people do what inspires them so that they may be fulfilled. And being able to coach somebody and, and watch the aha moment happen, right? Watch that light bulb go on in their brain. It's kind of cool and see them get it. And they're able to do things and see things and say things that I wasn't able to do at 20 or 30 years old, right? And, right. and they're capable of doing these things now, which is really cool. Don't you wish you had a camera rolling when that aha moment occurs? And then you could always refer to it. Like, remember, remember when you, when it clicked, remember when yeah. you got it. Yeah. Those are one of those, you really want the camera on, but at the same time, you're like, just be in the moment, right? Just kind of be there and just right. soak it all in. And and that's why I talk a lot about experiences. I like to talk about, as I've gotten older, learning how to be in the moment for experiences that come along. Right. I mean, that's part of, and we'll talk about it, but it's part of my book. It's part of the things that I wrote and talked about in my book. It's It's the opportunity to have these experiences in life and see them and feel them and touch them and right, right and, and be a part of them but right. yeah i mean to be able to have that camera on and, and watch somebody go i get it right and be able to right. refer back to it, that would be cool right but if you didn't have the camera on in that moment you would never be able to recreate that moment and that's the no. same with any life experience yeah exactly well and that's why it's so hard my my kids are in their 20s right they're they're mid to late 20s and so they've been around, they've always had cell phones. I mean, in their lifetime, they've always understood a cell phone or a camera and, and you know, I mean, those kind of things. And so they're conditioned to believe that we have to take pictures of every single moment. And, and that's how we capture things, which is true. But if you're not present, if you're not there in the moment, right, if you're not participating fully in the awareness of what's going on, it's really hard to grasp that moment, right? It's really right. hard to look at the picture and go, oh, that was amazing. Why was it amazing? What was it about it, right? And 
from life experience, we, we usually have memory from smells and tastes and that kind of stuff, right? It's why when you're out to dinner with friends or you're having a meal with your family, right? You remember the holidays and you remember what you were eating and you, you remember the conversations because of what you were eating and right. All these things, these sensory things come back and help you to remember all that stuff. Yeah. I I'm with you a hundred percent on the, you know, having the camera out and taking pictures to capture the moment versus being in the moment and having the the image here in my head like it, you go scroll through my phone it's most about things like recipes or you know <laughs> things to remember like things to remember to do like i use it for my to-do list it's not like i i'm not one of those people that wants a, a picture as a memory i want to live in the moment as the memory yeah yeah, I get it. So tell uh, our audience a little bit how you work with your clients. You know, what's that role for you with your clients? The biggest thing is I've, I've learned to be a transformational coach. And what I mean by that is I get to help heal the self-inflicted sales harm that people do. And so I dig a little bit deeper. I don't just give you processes and metrics and key performance indicators or KPIs. I, I dig a little bit deeper. I want to I want to get to the why behind the why. And that's where I help people is it's not just business. It is personal, right? And so if we can understand these things from a personal standpoint, we can move into our business and really make a difference. But, you know, I set up processes. I help people with, that's probably the biggest thing that people miss is they don't have a sales process. Right. And so they hire this person and they, they on a resume, they look fantastic and they come in and they can't sell. And because they don't know your business and they don't know right. the process that it takes to sell your particular service or item or, you know, whatever it is that you're selling product. Right. And it's, it's the, you know, the human, the people aspect too. Like yeah. it's not only knowing the business and how the business operates, but it's how the people in the business interact. So yeah, yeah you could be possibly a great salesperson, but when you hand it over to, you know, customer service, it all falls apart. So what's, what's the purpose of the effort of the sale? Right. Yeah. Then they say all the problems start when you sell something, right? So, right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. If you don't have the people behind you to support you and do the things that you're promising, right. As a, as a salesperson, that gets difficult, but for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs and, and people that are doing all of this themselves, it gets even more challenging, right? Because now you're wearing 10 hats and right. you have to do all of these different things. And I help people that are in this entrepreneurial walk, if you will, and there's three people working for the company and, and they're trying to manage sales and they're trying to manage this and trying to do, like you said, the marketing and the billing and the collections and all this other stuff. And it's like, let me take this off of your hands and help you with this. And I'm not going to go sell for you, but I'll show you how to sell. I'll show your people how to sell so that you can focus on what you need to focus on, which is on the business and not in the business. Right. Yeah. And once you do sell, making sure that that client is happy, that customer is Absolutely. happy. Yeah. I mean, that so many business owners miss that too. Like they're like, okay, I closed, move on to the next. Well, yeah. make that, that customer happy and word of mouth is going to, bring you that next sale or that next customer. Absolutely. Yeah. And and too often, I think customer service is thrown by the wayside, right? I right. mean, too often we forget that if we take care of this person, we, we think transactionally because that's kind of the right. world that we live in. We live in a microwave world, I call it. And what I mean by that is we're so used to getting things instantly that right. it doesn't take work and we don't have to nurture these relationships. We don't have to nurture the clients or the potential clients, right? And as a result, 
we we drop the ball so many times and we forget how to take care of them right if you want long-lasting relationships you've got to work at them yes stir that pot on the stove don't throw it in the microwave right right <laughs> right, right. Well, my girlfriend challenged me one time because I like to make food. I'm, that's one of the things that's my stress relief really is I like to cook. Being, being in the kitchen. Absolutely. And so when, when I'm feeling stressed, I go to the kitchen and I'll pick this out of the cabinet. I'll pick this out of the fridge, right? I'll just, I'll start throwing things together and people are like, what in the world are you making? I'm like, I don't know yet, but I'm going to have a good time doing it. Right. And 95% of the time, it turns out really, really good. The rest of the time it's like, mm, okay, that could be improved or I should never do that again. But, but when it turns out really good, you'll never be able to recreate it either. Right. Well, and that's the challenge is what did I put in there? You know, right. and, and how much of this that I put in there? And, but for me going and in and doing that process right going to the kitchen and and spending that time and doing those things that's therapeutic for me right? right to be able to go and to spend that time and to create those things but that also is creating memories right so right. I annually like to make apple butter and it was something I started like seven, eight years ago and I got my kids involved and right. Just trying to do something different. And to your point, it's like, okay, what did I do? What did I add? Right. Cause the recipe is only so good, but then you go, nah, I need more cinnamon. I need more whatever, right? right? Cloves. I need more, uh, you know, this, that, or the other, that's too much sugar. Take that out. Right. Right. And we, we yeah. were so bad at writing it down at the <laughs> end of the process so that we know next year. Well, one of the things I did learn was I got a cookbook a long time ago from my mom and, and we were making white chicken chili and it was my <laughs> first time making it. Right. And so she said, here's what I do. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. And so we modified the recipe instead of doing fresh chicken, we did this kind of chicken, right. Or we, you know, we, we modified it, whatever. And we wrote it down right there in the cookbook. Mm -hmm. And so you would have to your point that record, right? What did I do? I, I added a teaspoon of this instead added a half teaspoon extra extra of the, the cumin or whatever, right? Whatever it is that you're cooking with. But yeah, that was one of the nice things about learning how to cook is when I use a cookbook, I actually write it down in the cookbook. When I don't, like you said, if I'm if I'm using my phone to pull up recipes, it's a little bit harder to make notes on right. that. Right. And if you're doing something once a year, Right. I know my memory doesn't work like that. Right. <laughs> well, it's like, can I even find the recipe again? Right. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I'll take screenshots of it. Right. And then it's in my screenshots. Well, I'm taking screenshots of half a dozen things, right? Every day. And it's like, yeah, I, I try to find, I try it. To find it. Yeah. But let's relate that back to the coaching. It's all about like finding the recipe that works. And yeah. that recipe is different for every business, every business owner. Right. And then being able to systemize it, document it. Well, and here's the cool thing. We can take and write an outline. For instance, I have a sales process for heating and air. And I have that in a specific program. And I offer that to anybody that I work with. And I say I offer it because that's not going to work for them. We take that and then we modify it, right? We take it and we we move something over here. We we add names. We do this. We do that, right? And it's it's dependent on what they do and how they work, and right. that we modify that. But to your point, yes, a baking recipe is different than a cooking recipe. And right. I, I liken the baking recipe to we have to follow the process exactly, otherwise it's not going to turn out, right? I, I can't reverse the order of the chocolate chip cookies and expect it to turn out. It's just not going to, right? Right. If you add the chips first, nothing else is going to work. It's just, it's going to come out horrible. <laughs> but a cooking recipe, 
I can start anywhere I want to, and I can right. go any direction I want to, and I can add a little bit here, add a little bit there. And that's where it gets quirky, where you say, I better write this down. Otherwise I'm going to forget. Right. And I love that analogy. I never thought of it that way. Like a baking recipe and again, relating it to business, because this is what we do all the time, right? Like, so certain processes are your core processes that are going to be the same across the board. That's the right. That's the chocolate chip cookie recipe yeah. and everything else, depending on organization, people, products, how you operate is just the cooking recipe that can it's be, gonna be your potato soup. Yeah, it's your potato soup, right? How do you make potato soup? Do you like loaded potato soup? Do you like vegan potato yeah. soup? Do you like, right. right? I mean, what do you want? There's so many options, but yeah, your recipe is going to be dependent upon your people and your culture and right. And how you do those things. Right. So. I love that analogy. I'm going to use that. So let's talk about your book. I'm just going to okay. hold it up here. The Red Chair Experience, newly published this year. Tell the, our audience a little bit about what provoked you to write the book and a little bit about what the book you like piqued their interest about well so my brother passed away by suicide in september of 19 and six months later we hit the pandemic but his death like any death that you know somebody near and dear to you right a close friend a family member it gets you to question what in the world are you doing right are you happy doing what you're doing are you doing the things that you love and if not what should you be doing differently well, the pandemic hit six months later. And then a buddy of mine sent me a meme that said, if you're not working on your side hustle, looking to better yourself during the pandemic, it's not that you didn't have time, it's that you wasted it. And I had in the back of my mind that I wanted to write a book. I just didn't know what about. And I'd been reading these daily inspirational books. And that really spurred me on to that in the meme, spurred me on to, you know what, it's time for me to write my book. And so I sat down and I started writing and it was really therapeutic and cathartic originally. And it turned into an opportunity to share with the world how we can look at things a little bit different. I'm a classic overthinker by nature, but I take that and I've turned it into a superpower because I can help you to look at things from a different side or a different angle. And so a friend of mine actually wrote a review about my book and, and she said, this is the kind of book that you want to sit down with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and in your cozy chair. And as you're sitting there, it's your friend gently nudging you saying, have you tried this? Have you thought about this? And I, I just was blown away by that. I was like, yeah, that's what I want it to be. It's I, just a I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Great book, great opportunity for reflection and putting me first, like taking that time, like you say, sit with a cup of tea, sit with a cup of coffee and not only read, but reflect on what you're reading and relate it to your life. Absolutely. Yeah. I was talking with a friend last night and I was sharing with her. One of the things that I encourage people to do is you've got to take time to be grateful and that helps you to build confidence. And she didn't quite understand that. So I went in and explained, I said, if you're grateful and you write down these things that you're grateful for three to five things every day, you start to build confidence in who you are and what you do and why you do it. And as a result, it becomes this daily routine that helps you develop into the confident person that you can and want to be right. right. And so that's part of it, but reflecting and, and thinking about what's been positive, what's, what's turned out very well for me. And we can always ask the question, where can I improve, but save that for later. Talk about what you're grateful for. Talk about what matters to you most. And that can help you to build your confidence a lot. And I share that with my clients. Yeah, we all need to build our own confidence to yeah. to be present in the world and to bring the best version of ourselves into the world. Yeah, 
Yeah. And like you said, I mean, the book really just gives them an opportunity to do that. And some days are going to hit, some days are going to make sense. Right. They're going to resonate with you. Other days you're going to look at that and go, yeah, that doesn't work for me today. But you come back right. a year later and go, oh, wow, that's, that's built, yeah. that's built right to me. It's just relevant to what you're doing. Yeah. It might not, yeah, it might not be relevant today, but next week it very well may be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I find is I learned how to be open to the things that are going on around me read a book called The Surrender Experiment. I think you and I talked about that before, yes. but that really helped me to understand how to really just kind of be present and listen to what's going on around me. And it helped me to write my book too. I mean, because I was able to listen and, and feel things and share things being very vulnerable, you know, about like the death of my brother and, and other things like that. Right. And I'm sure too, when you were recording it, it brought it all back mm -hmm. to, you know, the forefront of your mind and, and probably brought some other perspectives to it as well. Yeah, it was really interesting. When I, I got to edit the book, the the physical book, and then I turned around, like you said, and I recorded it. And doing that once again, you know, reading the words and bringing some of the emotion back to some of the things that were written, right? Like you said, bringing some of that back to the forefront of my mind, and those memories, and I still get choked up, you know, reading some right. of the things that I wrote, and being able to process that and share that with other people, right? It's part of being vulnerable. It's part of being yeah. real. It's part of being authentic, right? Right. And it's part of maturity and growing and, and be, again, being able to be the best version of ourselves. I love right. that. Yeah. So Chris, just share with our audience a little bit about where they can find you, where they can buy the book. Absolutely. Well, if you're here in the States, in the United States, you can go to theredchairexperience.com and you can order a signed copy from me and I'll send it out to you. Otherwise, you can go anywhere that you get your um, books. You can get it on digital. You can get it on paperback. And like I said, um, by the time this comes out, it, it'll be on audio. So you'll have that option as well. It's it's almost available as we're doing this, but you'll you'll have the option as well for that. Okay, perfect. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here and being your true authentic self. I really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, Cheryl. I really did too. I will speak with you soon, Chris. And to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in and learning a little bit about Chris and how he works with his clients. Reach out and get a copy of his book. It's fabulous. Tune into all our episodes at pathwaystoprofitability.com. And thank you so much for your continued interest in our entrepreneurs and their journey. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 